Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back to another high fire episode of the Audible Podcast. Jesus Christ, I don't know what episode, y'all. Uh, but we're gonna get back to it. A lot's been going on. Um, moved recently. Had some time off, a couple weeks off. Well, actually, it's like a week. Uh, got a chance to kind of be miserable by myself. You know, sometimes you just need to take a vacation so you just can stare at the wall. Um, because most times that is a lot more satisfying than Ooh, any kind of social commitments that I have. All right, let's get straight to it. Uh, the first thing I want to get into is um, I had a little listy list down here. Um, starting to get better with that. Uh, as you know, I kind of tweeted about this, but tweet about a lot of things. Um, I have a um, have a problem, right? I have a attention problem. It's not that I can't gather information. Um, it seems that in my head. Maybe I gather information a little bit too well. Or maybe I grab information. See, I don't know if it's too well. I don't know if it's grabbing information to a... a, a, What's the opposite word to benefit? Uh, It feels like, you know, when I was in school, right? In class. And this goes through K through 12 all the way to college. I never took notes. Like, I never had to take notes. Like, everybody, you know, the teacher going over thing, you know, she going over, she or he going over whatever on a chalkboard, on a dry erase board, whatever. Uh, however uh, poor you was, uh, uh, whatever part of, you know, school you was in, um, I was able to absorb the information. Not was. I am able to just absorb information directly from a wall, a computer, uh, from hearing it, and I can process it. But I feel like I can process it very well. I got all A's in class, all A's in school, A's and B's and all this shit. So it's obviously a thing that's gotten me by pretty well. But I feel as though it's something I would still like to improve. And what I like to start doing is start taking more notes, right? So I don't have like, well, it haven't been brought up to me, like t- terrible work problems or like bad um, uh, just uh, social interactions. I, I, I don't feel awkward in social in- interactions. They feel pretty normal to me. I would rather not be in them, but nothing feels off. Um, but it feels like since I have been able to do so well without planning shit and just being like, hey, do this, and I do it, and it's well, I've never had to prepare or practice for, for, for much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if what I'm saying is, is getting through. I've never had to, even for like long midterms and, and, and even in, high, in college, I never had to, I never wrote nothing down. 
and I got past that. I get, not past. I got A's and B's. Like it's not like I'm uh, a D plus. Never got a D or C at all. I mean, I got a C before because I didn't want to do something. But it's a. Uh, it feels as though that I should be gathering to me, and this is maybe a personal thing. I want to. I want to be able to plan properly because what this is tailed off into is it's tailed off into me being uh uh in the moment spring of the moment type motherfucker like you know you could just go do this uh right now instead of doing it the deadline is wednesday you know you could just do it right now instead of just doing it tuesday night i would probably rather just do it tuesday night because i'm just kind of used to just getting it done and being and doing very well at it and nothing has changed like it's not like um my work has fell off or anything i just feel personally like i should be a little bit more of a sharpened tool i should be taking notes um and previously i have taken notes for so for a couple of podcast episodes I have a little book here. This is like a little small shitty memo book. But I'm going to go to the store today and get me a, a a bigger notebook. Not a journal, but like a, a just a small notebook just to keep notes in. I'm going to put a date down. Um, I don't know. It's it's not like I, I, I'm not I'm not feeling off. I'm just feeling like I could be better. I don't know what, if that if that is anything. I feel like. Every I could be turned up to ten. I could be on ten. I, I feel like I can operate, and I have operated on ten. I usually I mostly operate on ten at work, but I feel like I can operate on ten all the time. Um, and I won't have any like bad physical or mental defects. Obviously, we need to slow down. I just feel like I should be absorbing more information and more should be coming to me than what currently is i don't know maybe it's an an incomplete feeling um i don't think it's that but i feel like i should be doing more i feel like i should be at a high level all the time instead of just like mostly chill and then step up when i need to step up but again, this is not like I have anything lagging behind. Like I have shit to, that I'm just, I don't know what this feeling is, but it's feel like I'm doing more. So I've been taking, I said all that to say, I've been taking a lot of notes um, and just writing shit down. And I'm just writing shit down for no reason. I don't even know what I'm dealing with most of the time. But as you know, we get on here, we talk about gambling, we talk about UFC, we talk about basketball shit. Um, instead of just taking... For instance, when I do DraftKings and other, you know, the DraftKings is more roster selections, fan dude, uh, DraftKings. I'm not sure if you guys are really into that stuff, but I don't write the players in my player pool down. I don't write down projections. I just read them and I remember them and I know how to situate them in my head. It's kind of like, you ever seen the show Psych? Um, Like actual Psych, not like Psych. I, you know, comedy. It is a comedy, but you know what I'm talking about. It's the show Psych. I don't know these dudes' names. White dude and the black dude. Uh, I forget what the white dude name. I think the black dude's name is uh, Gus. But it's a really good show. I've seen every single episode on USA. 
And the dude on there, uh, the white cat, people thought he was psychic, right? But he wasn't psychic. He's just able to piece things get together and remember things and kind of put things together in a certain way because he's kind of trained that way by his dad, who's a detective, etc. I kind of have that thing, right? So this is weird. I've never told nobody this, not even anybody. I think this might be another episode like this. So, right, as a kid, I've always been a little fast. You know, my uh, hand-eye coordination. I mean, not fast. Physically, I always fast, but hand-eye coordination shit. Um, When I was a kid, when I watched TV, I always watched TV with closed caption. I could have said this before. I'm not sure if I said this before. I used to always watch TV with closed caption. And... I'm not sure how fast. If y'all obviously you got closed caption on because you're reading and maybe something else is going on, but I don't need closed caption to read it. I can fucking hear what's going on. Like I don't need both. But what I used to do is whenever a sentence will pop up and I'm trying to explain it well, whenever a sentence will pop up, you know, the sentence pop up and it disappear. It could have been a random line. Let's say the, the line was, um, man, it sure is hot today. Man, it sure is hot today. Right? So think of that. Uh, y'all go write it down like I'm doing. You're probably driving. Uh, or doing anything else. But man, it sure is hot today. Right? So what I used to do with a word is, and I did this with every single word that would pop up. So. Man, it's some Rain Man shit. Now that I'm trying to explain it. What? I never missed anything in the movies. But as the script, I'm hearing what they're saying. But in my head, I'm processing the sentence. And what I used to do is, any vowels, I used to just match the word in my head at the same vowels. I don't know why I chose vowels. Did I choose vowels? I did vowels. And I would just match them together. Or I would see how many words in a sentence had that same vowel. Like, this don't make sense. Not enough saying. This is really some, some Rain Man shit. But, man, it sure is hot today, right? So, the eyes is with it and is. I didn't do vowels. I would do consonants, too. I would find a way for the words to connect. So it is because of the I. Then I would match the S for sure. But these two S's are the only thing. Yeah, this is a rain man shit. So I would do this. And then the the hot today, the O's and man today and connect with the A. This game makes no sense. But I did it. I've done it my entire life. So at this point, God damn, I never even thought about this. It's pretty easy for me. You know how people uh will look through an entire it's words don't where's Waldo? It's pretty easy for me to do. Like it's a it's a it's like a memory type of coordination thing. I guess that's what what I've been doing for uh, fucking 30 years. Like a memory coordination type of thing. So, but that, doing that with crazy shit, I don't know if you even got what I said, because I don't even got what I said, but I know what I said. 
doing that has always helped me in like studying and keywords. And I would in class, I'm listening to everything. I was teaching pet in class. Like I didn't have a choice. I had, had, I had to go to school every fuck. I wanted people that go to school every day. Uh, all my most of my family work within like the school district. So what I'm gonna do? What you want me to do? I bad in class. Those back in the day, you might get four ass whippings. The teacher might have permission to whip my ass. I didn't know what was going on. That's how cool it was. I remember my uh, one of my teachers. She had to party with with us. What? What you? I didn't know y'all was even cool. So I realized real young I couldn't fuck around with class because I didn't know who teacher was cool with. My first grade teacher was cool. With my mama. My uh, second grade teacher was cool. With my mama. My third grade teacher was cool. With my mama and all of my aunties. My fourth grade teacher she was cool. With my with everybody. Uh, my fifth grade teacher. So. I got some real PTSD and all that did. And then when I went to junior high, the the uh, principal knew my whole family. So I got a real uh, paranoid type of thing when it comes to when it, when it came to school and like authoritative figures, because I didn't know who knew who. And back in the day, like I said, is there's anybody uh, can whoop your ass. Now, I, I wasn't going to say this. The principal was going to try to whip my ass. In there, cause he got his ass whooped. But I'm just saying, it's a quick call for him to call somebody. You know what I mean? But that's always the way that I've studied. I've always uh, learned just like keywords, and I re- remember those keywords. That's how I pass tests, right? Because it's certain the, the questions are the exact same. Like I, people who I am gonna say that because everybody has different ways to learn. Uh, ineffective, they could have been ineffective in the ways they were learning. But I learned early. Everything they talk about in class was on a test. So all I had to do was listen in class. <laughs> all I had to do was listen in class, and everything it was going to be on a test. Like it's the exact same questions. The teacher words them. This is common sense. But if you go back and think about it, everything was there. So all I had to do was remember how it was on a chalkboard. Just how I remembered a script or lyrics or whatever, you know, the ESPN used to always be a real challenge because ESPN closed captions, the sports closed captions, they just bulk up. They don't do one clipping and disappear. They bulk up. So they real gobbled up you can't even see them on the screen so it was always hard for me so a chalkboard full of shit was nothing god damn i'm just figuring just figuring shit out i might be figuring shit out live here on the podcast on how to figure all this out so that's how i've always learned i've always just been a uh just my eyes remembering shit and I think that's a part of it. I could be. I'm not losing my memory. But I have a. I've been. I forget the short shit. Like if something happened about. Two hours ago. It's gone. You go ahead. Men in black. White flash. Doosh. I'm gone. Two years ago. I probably remember the whole fucking day. So it's my. Probably be a selective memory thing as well. But. This is always how I've studied. 
And um, and I've been literally been been was doing this since I was probably like two or three years old. I watch TV all the time. But anytime I had to watch TV, I would always watch with closed caption. Not think about it. I even did this while I was in high school. So this is this is some a real karate dojo fucking training I've been on. Um, but I really want to start writing stuff down. Um, because I think writing stuff down is just really going to help me plan things. That's what it's really going to help me plan things for the future. You know what I mean? Um, I've never written down a two year plan, a five year plan, a 10 year plan. I just knew it and I just did it. And maybe writing things down and getting everything out of my head because when you, when you get older, you know, I don't know what, how much writing y'all got to do at work. And when you get older, you figure out a lot of shit. You don't even, uh, last time you did a fucking math problem, like it's a lot of shit you didn't even do. Write it cursive. Duh. You know how long I, bro, trying to write a G in cursive is the dumbest shit ever. A, a, a J is the dumbest shit. Dude, just let me write the fucking J. Just put the G, just swoop. Well, I got to loop it like a bow tie. You ever wrote a G? The real cursive G? It looks like a fucking... I know. It looks like a, a burrito. I don't know what it looked like. It looks terrible. So there's a lot of shit we learned um, that I just didn't get. So having to do this myself, it's not a chore, but going through YouTube and, you know, uh, just learning shit and learning how to plan through writing down. Um, I think that helped me a lot. I don't know. The last like maybe 15, 20 minutes has probably been niggas has probably been turned this bitch off. Like, man, this nigga is crazy. I'm not, I am crazy, but I'm not that crazy. Um, so that's some things I'm trying to learn and figure out. Um, because I can learn quick and I learn just from seeing it. But I think I can get even more out if I start writing shit down and, and getting shit out. And, uh, all this shit. Let's get into some other shit. Let's get into some real shit. Goodness gracious. So I actually did write something down. And the first thing I saw, right? So uh, the last like two weeks has been real, real old man shit, right? I've been asleep before 9 p.m. pretty much every day. Uh, except like one day, I was up all night playing Elden Ring. I'll tell y'all about that. I did. I re-downloaded it. I'm sorry. The ancestors are, are mad at me. Um, so I saw a couple things. And let me uh, bring it up over here on the, the tweet the tweet bag machine. And as I look for this, I want y'all to go to, oh my goodness, go to crossthestreams.com. Uh, check out all our podcasts. Jesus Christ, we got about 20 podcasts. We're going over everything off from, from Morbius. Uh, burn up tea. You could do uh, some cooking, some tasting. You can do anything. You get anything uh, across the streams.com. Uh, what was I looking for on here? I was looking for this quote, right? So, over the weekend, um, last week we talked a little bit about the UFC. There was no UFC this weekend. We got some UFC next weekend. We're gonna discuss a little bit of that. Um, over the weekend was WrestleMania. Law forgive me. I had no idea that WrestleMania was this weekend. I found out on Thursday that WrestleMania was this weekend, right? Um, 
haven't consistently watched anything from wrestling a very long time. There was some exciting moments. Um, I do listen to uh, maybe like two or three wrestling podcasts. They're mostly old school wrestling podcasts, but they talk about some new shit too. So, um, but I don't remember any of them bringing up WrestleMania. WrestleMania was pretty good. Uh, I didn't watch everything um, uh, because I'm not dedicating two days. It's, it's probably like fucking six hours a piece. Uh, uh, they lost that privilege. You got to earn that privilege back. Um, but it looked pretty exciting. What's the quote I want to get to? Right here. We're going to start off this main video talk. Anthony Davis. What could we have been if I was healthy all year? LeBron. Kendrick Nunn. Just drop a pencil. You think about those things. We put this team together. We look really good on paper. We haven't had a chance to reach that potential. With guys being in and out of the lineup. Okay. Did my typing, so you know I'm going to NBA standards, right? Okay. The Lakers are 31 and 47. Okay. LeBron. Games played. Did my typing, so you know what I'm. Brown played 56 games. How many games did he play? He played 56. Wait, this could be old. Let me make sure we get the correct information. Uh, LeBron, he's probably played at least uh 50, at least 56 games, I would assume. Yeah, he's played 56 games. Uh, Russell... Westbrook, compare players. Make a selection. Russell, not D'Angelo Russell. Russell Westbrook. Let's bring up Russ. See how many games Rustin played. Because um, Russ is, is played, Brown played 56, which I thought probably was going to be lower. Um, Russ has played 77 games. Ooh, what a fucking all-time stinker for us. My goodness. 77. God damn. Sheesh, it's hard to see Russ, Russ like this, man. Uh, oh, let's talk about that first, right? Russ with LeBron. Now, we've seen Russell Westbrook play for probably like 13, 14 years. Why is Russ... Why was his minutes? This is a, it might be a Frank Vogel thing, but this is also a LeBron thing because LeBron noticed the basketball genes. He's he's been pegged by the his constituents. Uh, I've seen several players. Goddamn, what's this cat? Uh, he's married to uh, Iman Shumpert and several others. Um, it's, it's called him a, a savant for his eyes vision. Why Westbrook wasn't the minutes wasn't staggered with LeBron. Makes no sense. And, and by, I don't want to say staggered. 
It should be staggered away from. I mean, is you get as many, as least amount of minutes possible with them two on the court together, but play them a max amount of minutes. You know, I, I I'm not sure what I'm if I'm saying what I mean. I feel like LeBron should have been played, and he he didn't have the luxury to get played in this because his team was so trash. He's also stat hunting, but his team's so trash. This team is garbage. It's his team. He put the team together. But the team is trash. So we'll say that. You have to play, you have to play very hard offensively. LeBron averaged 37 minutes. He played 37 minutes a game. Averaging 30. As many minutes as you could possibly get out of LeBron. Not being fucking 37. I don't. I hold up. Let me find Steph Curry. Ain't averaged thirty-seven minutes ever, ever, and he didn't average thirty before. Let me see this shit. Not regular season total averages. All right, he's averaged thirty in two thousand. All right, the two thousand twelve. 11 season when they when they first started to take off he averaged 38 minutes this is 2012 13 Steph and 13 14 the year before they uh when this is a playoff push he played 78 games 78 games 80 79 79 this is their playoff push right in this little five this is the huge playoff push in this little five game window 78 78 80 79 79 Steph averaged 38 minutes 36 minutes 32 34 33 minutes right now obviously the 16 17 season he played 29 16 17 i think that's the year of durant 33 minutes I, I i can see he averaged 25 points he didn't have to put in that much work he averaged 30 the 15 16 season uh when he averaged 34 minutes um but there's no way and steph curry is probably how old is Steph right now? He's probably 33. He's probably like four years younger than Brown. Five years younger than Brown. As far as the season, he's probably came in like four or five seasons. He should be playing that in many minutes. If you had LeBron more, if you had a better fucking team, you could have had a better team. If LeBron was used in a short burst of minutes, meaning he's starting, but he don't have to be playing all the fucking time. Because as long as you got LeBron, I mean, uh, I'm going to say this. You can build any team you want. And as long as you can keep it close for LeBron in the last six to eight, just keep it close for the last quarter. Let him chop away the lead for the quarter. If you can give me any team that can keep a lead or keep it close, Full of Brown. He's going to take you to the playoffs. Period. And that's any LeBron year, including this year. He's averaging 37 minutes. If he averaged 28 minutes, if he averaged 30 minutes, and he had a team that would allow him to come in for those 30 minutes a game and play to the absolute max, they would quite easily be in the playoffs right now. They don't have that. They did. 
they won't get that. Uh, the, the reality stone is not, you know, we know what's going on. But for him and Russ to be playing on the same floor together, that's never been a thing at any time. I would never, you could have given, he could have been 2011 of both of them, and they still don't fit on the court together. You could have said, oh, maybe because of Wade. Wade was very, Wade was real different game at the rim. Now, later on, it kind of, you know, injury kind of held him up a little different as far as Wade is concerned, but I, I feel like I'm making an excuse for the Lakers right now. I can't. I started just taking the shit on him now that I think about it. Like, you couldn't do anything for LeBron? Nobody can, dog. Nobody could do nothing. There was n- nobody to trade. Like, and Russ is just bad. Jeez. Jeez, fucking Louise. All right. My original uh, point here Lakers is 31 and 47. Miami Heat, 51 and 28. Miami Heat has had every single last person. On a team hurt for chunks of the season. I really wanted to get in in this today, cause um, and you know what? In the comments uh, under that the tweet that I saw, um, with that Anthony Davis quote, everybody is so clear right now. The clarity. That's what I like about the clarity for this part of the season, because before the season. Kendrick Perkins saying they might win 70 games before the season. This is LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook. Before the season, this was an easy-peasy playoff team. Hasn't been the case in, in, um, in any certainties. Games played. Bam Adebayo, 54 games. Games played. Jimmy Butler, 55 games. Games played. Tyler Hero, 64 games. A lot of those have been injured. I say Tyler Hero because I just wanted a third person. Um, Kyle Lowry's played even less than this. Kyle Lowry, 62 games. But he managed to be 51 and 28, right? Okay. Let's go to the, uh, well, we can go for many people in the S. The, the Bucks started the first 30 games off uh, with barely any Drew and barely any Middleton. Um, with the Bulls, the Bulls still have, Levine has been injured pretty much the whole year. They still have DeMar. Vooch has been a little banged up. And Lonzo, I, don't, I have no idea when the last time Lonzo played. Let's see. Lonzo Ball has been out for a long time. Um. I see. Lonzo Ball played 35 games. Sheesh, he's been out for a fucking long time. Last game was January 14th. They lost to Golden State. The Bulls, 45 and 33. Toronto Raptors, 45 and 33. Cleveland Cavaliers, 43 
and 36. Phoenix Suns, 62 and 16. Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies is a perfect example of having a fucking team because they're like 19 and 2 with no John Morant. All you got to do, bro, if you can keep the game within reach for your best player, you end up 55 and 23. Uh, the Mavericks. The Mavericks traded Porzingis. Who would be the second best player? A third. He'd be the second best player on the Lakers this year. If he played, comparing this season to everybody else on the Lakers, he'd be the second best player on the Lakers. Dallas traded this nigga, and they've won forty nine games. They're forty nine and thirty. Denver Nuggets. This is the. This is really who I want to get to, because the Denver Nuggets. I don't think Jamal Murray played a fucking. Game. Let's get to the goddamn nuggets. How can I even get to him? Sweet Jesus. Let's see. Nuggets game played. Where's ESPN? Unfortunately, I'll just say I have to go to ESPN for this type of stuff. Because uh, I, I tremendously hate um everything. About them. So Jokic just played 72 games. Westbrook can play more games than fucking Jokic. I see we can find some depth on here. Do they even show Jamal Murray? Yeah, they do show Jamal Murray. Did Jamal Murray even play? Jamal Murray didn't even play this year. Wait, did he? 2020. Yeah, he didn't even play this year. Kevin Porter Jr., Maga Porter. Did Maga Porter even play? I think he maybe played three games. Let's check this out. He played nine games. And right now, they're 47 and 32. Now, I want to take, and also, the Clippers, I said the, the Lakers are 31 and 40, 31 and 47, man. Come on, bro. I'm looking at, this niggas won 31 games, bro, with LeBron 18 fucking bro. The Clippers, 39 and 34. Kawhi Leonard has played no games. How many Paul George can play? Paul George, ESPN. Also, I don't know. If, I don't know how to do this, but I'm, I'm gonna figure out. I'm gonna YouTube it. If y'all can let me know, hit me up on Twitter how to how to have the camera so that, that way my face could be on it for the YouTube purposes. My face. But the actual computer background, y'all know what I mean? Like my desktop. So y'all can see the stats. So while I'm on YouTube for, uh, for the YouTube show. You won't just see me. You'll see me, but with the ESPN page you're on. And that way y'all can see the stats of yourself, etc. Let me know how to figure that. Paul George has played 29 games. Kawhi Leonard has played none. 
you couldn't name three people on the Clippers. You couldn't name three people aside from Paul George and Kawhi. You're going to get Reggie Jackson, and you may get one of the Mars twins. You don't know which one it is. And after that, you lost me. Terrence Mann has been starting all year. Brandon Boston has been has played significantly. Amir Coffey uh, has started significantly. Uh, Luke Kennard has started a significant amount of minutes. Uh, Norman Powell was hurt. I believe at the kind of beginning of the season, they made the little switch for him, but um, he got injured pretty quickly. Maybe he comes back uh, with the push for Paul George. Well, you never know. But what I'm saying is, why are you bringing up Kendrick Nunn and Anthony Davis? Himself, Anthony Davis, he's in, in LeBron. And these are called excuses, right? So we all know about these excuses. We all know about this uh, this type of stuff. And it's a really confusing thing to see, right? Because let's say, for instance, I will say between the, the Lakers and Pelicans that the Lakers won the trade. The, the, the moment they won a championship, which the her first year, the bubble, the, the asterisk championship, the moment they won this quote-unquote a championship bubble fake don't count. They instantly won the trade. You still have five or six years worth of fucking picks that you traded. And going 31 and 47, much like Them, um, what was the uh, they got the top three pick? Who did the fuck did they draft? Who did they draft? Got a, a top pick when LeBron was there somehow, miraculously. They got a fucking top pick, um, when LeBron was there. And and for the life of me, I can't remember who they drafted. Apparently, they drafted Isaiah Jackson, they could have really used that nigga this year, and they, they traded him. Was it DeAndre Hunter? Wasn't Jaden McDaniels. They traded him. They traded him. They traded him. They didn't get a top a top pick with LeBron there. It was DeAndre Hunter. Oh, that was the pick. That was the the, the Pelicans pick. That was the trade. But how did they get that that year? Them getting a top four pick. That was a, that was the Pelicans trade. That was nineteen. It, they got me thinking the Pelicans trade was thirty years ago. It was uh, you see Andre Hunter. See, that's why I want to uh, have this on the screen. That way, y'all can see what the hell going on. Also, this trade is damn. I like these players uh, from the nineteen trade. Obviously, uh, I don't know who the number one pick is, but uh, John Morant. Uh, RJ Barrett, I like Hunter. He's not playing as big a minutes as the first two, but he's playing. Garland is amazing. Uh, Culver, I have no idea uh, what Culver is right now. Um, I think maybe he plays for Minnesota, last place I saw him. He's playing for Memphis now. Okay, that's good for him. 
Good for him. I remember Jericho uh, coming out of Texas Tech. Kobe White hasn't been playing at all, and he's looked like he's not going to play. Uh, they totally just went from starting over to not starting over. Uh, so he hasn't played at all, and he's had uh, the, a rookie came in. This Ayo, uh, uh, I, I don't remember his name. He's, he's taking Kobe White's minutes completely. And even with Lonzo being out, uh, Kobe still hasn't been getting um, a lot of minutes. And like I said, we checked early. Lonzo been out since January. He's been out three months now. Jackson has been playing a lot more minutes this year. Rui Hachimura, he's just starting to play more minutes this year. He's been hurt. Um, Cam Reddish kind of bounced around. Uh, well, not bounced around. He's already been – he's only been traded once. Um, but he got injured. Uh, Cam Johnson, I believe this is Cameron Johnson for Phoenix now. Uh, he plays pretty good. P.J. Washington's good. Tyler Hero's good. I like Romeo Langford. Uh, I don't think he's playing much, though. Uh, Siku is – maybe he's playing for the Lakers. Well, he was playing for the Lakers. I believe they released him. Chuma. He's not getting any minutes right now. Um, it's the number 16 pick. Also, Orlando. Let's look at Orlando pick. I feel like Orlando should have the best draft picks. Like, uh, it feels like uh, OKC should have the same amount of good draft picks, the same amount of draft picks as Orlando. I don't know what they, what Orlando was traded for recently, but. They haven't been good in a very long time, right? So let's think back to this, right? So if you go all the way back to Aaron Gordon was drafted in 14, right? I don't know how long it feels like he's been in the league, but this feels like he's been this right amount of time, 14. It's like eight years, right? In 2016, I'm not sure why they pick was gave up. But they had Sabonis. Sabonis went to OKC. OKC is another team. That's why I say OKC. Because they just draft pretty good, really good assets just to trade. I just don't I don't get it. But I forgot Sabonis was on an OKC team. But it was really originally traded by uh, or through Orlando. Right? So 2017, this dude really ain't played yet. Church man. Right? So let, let's check his stats. He hasn't played at all. Jesus Christ. What the fuck is going on with Jonathan Isaac? I don't see no stats from him. All right. So Jonathan Isaac was drafted in 2017, right? It feels, I thought he got drafted in like 1920, right? So in 17, 18, he only played 27 games. And 18, 19, he played 75 games. No, he played 60. Wait, when his game started. He played 75 games, but he started 64. Is there an average here for this nigga? Um, 15? Yeah, I, I'm a little confused on how he's still on Orlando. Orlando let all these people go, and Jonathan Isaac is still there, right? So, is he still there? Hell yeah, he's still there. Yeah, he got uh, March 15. All right, yeah, yeah, he's still there, right? So in 18, now this is year four for Mobamba, right? A little bit shifty minutes. They had Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, he went up to Denver, and I believe he's in uh, Minnesota now. 
Mo Bamba, another talent at number six, right? These are number six picks. They're drafting bigs. See, these dudes are like Sacramento. They draft bigs every single year, and it never fucking works. So then they just start drafting point guards, right? So they drafted Sabonis. Well, it went through Sabonis. Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Chumo Kiki, uh, who was the number 16 pick. He's also number four. So they draft fours and fives every fucking year. Uh, and then the next year, 2020, they draft Cole Anthony. Um, and now they're sitting on. And then last year, uh, which is a fantastic draft for them, uh, at least through, for Franz Wagner. They got Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner plays a two or three mostly. Uh, so now they're sitting on Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and Markel Fultz. And Franz Wagner, and Mo Bamba, and Wendell Carter Jr., and Jonathan uh, Jonathan Isaac, and Chumo Kiki, and they had the worst fucking team in the entire league. So I need you to piece together how a team with pretty much all first rounders, all top twenty picks. It's complete ass. A story for another day. But let's move on. Let's go back to these standard situations, right? So, as of now, 8 through 10, Clippers through Spurs. How many games is left? It's like three games left. I think statistically the Lakers are already out of the playoffs. I'm not entirely sure. I think they may be out. Going off that quote, um, I'm assuming that they're out. Let's look at some a little bit of the playoff pitching, right? So going off to the playoff pitching now, I think don't nine and ten play each other, right? Uh, this is like 70. I don't know how the playoff things work. We, we got to discuss how the playoff thing, the playoff play-in shit. I don't know how it works. I don't like it. I think if you're a 9 and 10 fucking seed, so, uh, oh, what? So, well, oh, well, so what? I just mixed them up like four different times. But right now, uh, the Nets are a 10. And I think it's an 8 and 9 seed play. But the Nets are a 10. And Horn is at 10. I own that nine. They have the exact same record. That's why they say they are 10. Heat is one. Celtics two. Bucks three. 76 is a four. Four players are what? The six seed? I think the four players are. Four players the five seed. So Philly for like the last three weeks has been actively ducking um, the Nets. If the Nets were anywhere aligned with them as far as seed, they will either win or lose um, to avoid it. I think that's very pussy, but I think it's very on par uh, with Doc Rivers because I'm more than sure he did that with the Clippers several different times where they tried to duck smoke. I'm, I'm more than sure they did it in the Chris Paul era um, too. They tried to duck smoke. I think that's how they came across the Rockets when um, when they were up 3-1 against the Rockets and they lost the entire series when they were up 
um, I would feud that comeback was initially Josh Schmidt. They, I remember the fucking game. So Kevin McHale, they're down three one, and they're down like twenty, or at least sixteen to twenty four. Kevin McHale, and in the third quarter, he benches Harden. Harden is playing legendary trash, right? Playoff Harden. And Josh Schmidt and Corey Brewer sparks up the comeback. And that comeback went all the way through. Um, that's how they won the game. That's how they won the series, just from that momentum. I'm more than sure the Clippers duck other teams to drop to drop to Houston. So it's a tactic. I've seen other teams ducking the Nets as well. Nobody wants to play KD and Kyrie. I agree. Um, because when it comes to these great, great players, right? If you have one, it's too, you can assume that in a seven game series, if you can either stop or slow them down three times, you can win the game. When you have, it carries us a different type of score. When you have prolific, I think Steph Curry is, is unguardable, but there are measured ways that have been proven to slow him down at the very least or to throw him off rhythm because he'll either, even when you're checking him, extremely tight. You could be wearing this nigga pause. You could be wearing this nigga like a glove. And he's still going to have 30. Or nobody's guarding him. And he's still going to have 30. But there are times when he's pressured a physical where we've seen results. There's no fucking results for Kevin Durant. There's no results for Kyrie Irving. The result for Kyrie Irving is to pretty much just let him just do everything and this team's still gonna lose. Like, but and that's him by himself. Uh when he was with Cleveland by himself previously, any other games when him playing by himself or these Nets game without anybody, they lose them shits. Um majority of the time they lose them shits. Uh the Boston games, I believe Boston had a little bit more uh, a higher floor uh, of roster players to deal with, but he was kind of still losing them shits. With both of them together, you got to kind of say pick your poison because who's getting double? Who's getting trapped? You can trap the Warriors, and if Clay's not around, it's Looney and Draymond and... um, and Clay is a different type of score because he's he's scoring off the dribble. He's not doing with Kyrie. He can't. He's not the, the ball ain't on the string, uh, like with with Durant and and with Kyrie versus Clay. But there's a certain rhythm that's proven to shut the Warriors down. But it's also proven not individually as far as these two players. There is no way, um, besides nature. To shut Kevin Durant down. Uh, nature being an injury, nigga. If uh, Achilles going to have to pop out a knee, he had the foot injury, all lower extremity injuries. That's going to be your way of stopping Durant. Uh, same way with Kyrie. If his knee don't blow out or whatever lower extremity uh, 
low body injuries he's had, uh, the vaccine. It, only science is stopping these niggas. Science is the only thing we got to control these niggas. So I can see why people are ducking them. But how the fuck do you ever, if you Philly, and if you got to duck the Nets, you still got to play the Bucks. What? I'd rather deal with them niggas than Giannis. Are y'all crazy? I'd rather deal with them niggas in the heat. Tatum and Brown, I, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to deal with Tatum and Brown. Well, I still would deal with Kyrie and Tatum and Brown, but at least Miami, top defense. Everybody else is coochie. I understand. So that's probably why they want to do this. The Bulls can be coochie. The Bulls have no, Bulls have a, a, a terrible record against winning teams. Uh, winning teams in particular, the top three seeds of each uh, conference. Uh, the Raptors are just not a complete team and they're uh, injury riddled. And they have a terrible coach uh, who thinks even when guys are injured, you should be playing them 40 minutes of fucking game. And uh, the Cavaliers right now, I just, you just don't know. Right? And Jared Allen's been out for quite a while. So uh, they've been having real center uh, woes because Mobley can't guard everybody on the fucking team. You need Jared Allen to kind of guard the five or anything like that. Zubak had a big game against him. That's how I know. They have a trouble against centers because Zubak was busting their ass. But the active Ducker team is crazy. Um, but if you're in a West, do you really want to play Memphis? I would be ducking Memphis, but I think things are so close. Uh, excuse me, what's well, close in East? Things are a little bit more decisive here than in the West. Yeah, the, the East is real close. You got a 51-win team as number one and a 48 as number four. The in the, the West is 62-win team and it's a 49. That's a from a three-game difference to a fucking goddamn damn game difference. You know what I mean? So the the the, the I know the level is significantly higher. Let's see, let's see. Magic are 20 and 59. Magic and the Rockets got the same thing, but the Rockets are, are really trash. Thunder 27. I'm looking at the, the bottom of the standards. It's just some awful, um, some awful records down here. The Trailblazers. I don't know the new uh lottery rules, but uh, I'm sure tank it for no reason. Um Take it really means nothing. So I, I, these dudes are just trash to be trash. I assume. Yeah, it's very decisive, man. Just just looking at the, it's looking at the Suns, sixty-two and sixteen. The Grizzlies, fifty-five and twenty-three. Why would I want to play the Grizzlies? Uh, why would I want to play the Warriors, the Mavericks? And I can shut Luca down, but good luck shutting Luca down. Um. The Nuggets, you know where to go. Like the Nuggets and Mavericks, you know what to do. These dudes are just literally unguardable. Um, I'm very wary about the Jazz, just because every single year I'm worried about the Jazz. It's it's, it's four or five years now. They were getting swept. They got swept like three times straight by the Rockets. Um, from the Gordon Hayward area, drifting clean into the Donovan Mitchell area era, uh, they've been getting swept and cleaned up in the playoffs. It's like five years straight. Uh, so the Jazz, I have absolutely no uh, faith in, especially them dropping to a sixty. If they would have, if they would have stood tall in this Western Conference, 
and stood as a, a top three seed or even a top four seed. They're down to 46. But I know they were riddled with injury. They had a lot of injury. Um, at one point, they were they were playing uh, third stringers. So I know they had some injuries too. But still, you can't drop to, uh, you know, when you drop to six, sheesh. When the first fucking round, when you be getting, when you be getting scorched and torched four out of five years in the first round, you get cleaned up. And I think one year they got cleaned up in the second round. Um, going, to, going against the Warriors, it's not the best fucking idea. It's not the best thing to do. Um, but this is going to be a tough playoffs. I, I really think this thing, this is going to be one of the most uh, competitive playoffs we've seen. I think, especially in the, in the Western Conference, uh, because this is also the most injury riddle fucking season. Uh, again, I, I went back to the front of the conversation. I, t- I tried to discuss FanDuel and, and, and DraftKings. Those are more, you know, like when you're betting on teams, you're betting who's going to win, who loses. You're betting props, who's going to get over, you know, the assigned uh, line, um, a point prop number. When you're doing these roster selections, you have to get the perfect person that's going to have the perfect game and the perfect night. And trying to pick a roster, pick a roster when the Jazz and OKC and the Trailblazers are literally picking random dudes up and playing and paying them to do 10 days uh, is a really difficult thing to to do. And every single team, I don't think there's been one team um, maybe the Celtics until the very end, Robert Williams got hurt. They've been maybe the only team to hold strong without injury throughout the entire year. Um, Steph has been in and out. Click came in kind of midway. Not kind of midway. He came in like all-star. Um, Denver, we know what it is. Chris Paul was out. And Chris Paul and Booker was out uh, for a certain amount of time for Phoenix. Um, Jaws been in and out. Like I said, they missed. They probably play 20 to 24 games without uh, John Morant. Um, uh, the, the Jazz have been playing just everybody. Minnesota at one point. The Clippers, like I said, they're, they're playing Amir Coffee. I, I don't know. I'm not saying Amir Coffee's a bad player. Niggas just don't know who Amir Coffee like that. He's playing 40 minutes, 35 minutes. You know what I mean? Uh, Pelicans, as you know. Um whoever they drafted at number one three years ago now, uh, that player did not play a single game all year. And at 34 and 44, let's write that down. No Zion. Started 1-12. and 12. Never better record than the Lakers right now. Spurs, Kings, Blazers, Rockets. Yeah. Um, I just think it's, we're going to get a really, really competitive uh, playoffs again this year, and barring injury, which it's just a huge probability, man. I, it's, it's just so much, um, so much injury. It, it's so much. Kawhi ain't played all year, dog. Like it's been so much injury that you kind of expect another bad injury in in the, in the playoffs. We had, um, I know, uh. Uh, Giannis' uh, leg almost came off in the in the Easter Conference Finals, which made him almost miss the finals. But I really can't think of any uh, big injuries or big potential injuries that could have happened last year. So 
Uh, hopefully we don't get in the playoffs and, you know, another injury happens, but pretty much all of these teams are going and banged up. Like I said, the Celtics just lost Robert Williams like last week to fucking like ACL tell MCL tell something like that. So, um, we're going to discuss more. I've been talking just only basketball, uh, on the timeline later. Just, and I haven't really been watching. I've just been looking at reading stats. You know, when you're doing DraftKings and FanDuel and all this stuff, dog, and you're trying to figure out all of these random players. And that's why I'm not doing NBA next year. Um, I'm going to NFL barely did, but I'm going to make sure focus, absolutely focus 100% on, uh, on baseball this year. But I want to focus more on football. Basketball was way, way, way too confusing for me. Uh, this should not confuse and frustrating because for instance, last week and it, it's it may be really hard to understand. It's not hard to understand. Y'all y'all have y'all do fantasy sports. But this is per game, right? Well you do fa- fantasy sports is per game. Van Fleet started a game. Van Fleet didn't Van Vliet didn't play after the fucking first half. So imagine imagine if you was a a, a DraftKings, a fan dude player, a fantasy sports player, and you made a hundred dollars a hundred dollars worth of lineups, and one of your key players was Van Fleet. With absolutely no notice, he didn't play the second half. No notice, no reason why, no injury reason why. The nigga that just didn't play. The same thing happened the very next game with Scotty Barnes. And then the next game, Scotty Barnes wasn't even starting. Now, these are very light examples. Um, but if you look at the roster of, say, OKC this year and how many different players they had to play, you don't know any of these players. And when it comes to making key lineups, you may think, well, these players, you don't even know them. Why would you even want to draft them? Because when you have cheaper players like these dudes that are about to play 30 minutes, you never know what's going to happen in 30 minutes of a game. So a player you never heard of and getting that cheaper player allows you to pay up for Giannis, who's one of the most expensive players in the game, or Jokic. And they usually generate double or triple with an average player would. So playing that cheap player, the 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 minimum cheap player is who may get. Let's say the minimum cheap player gets twenty points. You may play somebody that you pay double that for, and they get twenty points. Well, I might as well play the fucking minimum dude and get the same twenty points. That way, I can use that excess salary to play up for somebody like Jokic, who may give me ninety points. He may give me seventy points, depending on what kind of a game it is. But like Jokic playing against. If he plays the Clippers, the Clippers have never had a, a good rebounder in like 10 years. Since whenever DeAndre Jordan left, the Clippers have never been good in rebounding. So if you got a game, you're going against the Clippers, but they're still a competitive team. And you have Jokic, who's the only person on the team that uh, accumulates all stats. You want to prioritize somebody like that. So I, in a fantasy draft, that may seem a little confusing if you never did fantasy draft, but trying to learn that with every like Portland everybody was injured in Portland OKC everybody's injured in OKC um at one point Utah everybody was injured so you have to find these players that you've never heard of 
because now they're about to get big minutes. And now you got to figure out which ones is good and which ones is not. From, and I mean good as far as point producers, because they can be good players, but not great point producers. Draymond Green is a great defensive player, but he doesn't produce a bunch of points unless he gets a bunch of steals and blocks because he's not getting raw points. He don't score 20 points. 20 points is 20 points, but he's not scoring that. So he has to get his points elsewhere. You know what I mean? Points and rebounds, etc. It's confusing if you know what I'm talking about, but I'm trying to get it out. So trying to figure out all of these players who's going to play all of these minutes, and they're all brand new, was some of the most confusing things I've ever tried to figure out. And, um, and most of it is last minute. Because unlike football, where we know the game is playing, these games are every night, and there seems to be no standing rule to where the coaches have to tell us who's playing or not at a certain time. Every single night, you find out who's playing like five or ten minutes before. Or you may find out who's out five or ten minutes before. So if I'm paying $11,000, for a 60,000 cap salary, right? It's a 60,000 cap salary. I mean, all nine of your players, this is fan dude, nine of your players have to equal to under 60,000, 60,000 under. If I'm playing 11,000 for LeBron, I don't want to know this nigga's not playing 10 minutes before. Because as you can see, my total cap is 60, and he's 11. Well, that's a big fucking part of my budget, if you get what I'm saying. So, um, Baseball is a lot easier. Uh, I did very well at baseball, uh, especially it being my first season even watching baseball ever. Uh, so me just getting into it with statistics, I think I'll do very this, very good this year. And, um, yeah, uh, so we're going to talk more about um, uh, fan do sports and, and fantasy sports. Uh, it's not like I'm some, you know, huge fucking tournament winner around here, but I can see it. And we can help out. We can we can get this get this cash together. But who do I want to get out? Um, I also want to talk about the UFC. I kind of want to talk about just a little bit of wrestling. And um, and what I want to talk about with the UFC. UFC is two seventy three coming up. Um, we discussed uh just a little bit. I was on uh on trail with this podcast, and I discussed just a little bit about the upcoming card. Uh, for UFC 273. And one of the things that surprised me was the bet nods, right? These bet nods for the main three fights. I, I, do I want to go through all, all the fights on the, the main card? Nah, no, we don't need to. We go over the main three fights, right? So the main three fights is Alexander, Alexander Volkanovsky um, and Chang Sung Jung, which is Korean zombie. Um, huge favorite. Alexander Volkanovsky. This right now, this is off the UFC site, so I'm, it's different. It's going to vary. Minus 760. And now, I, if you don't bet, you may see, what, what, what the fuck is a minus 760? Korean Zion is plus 525 to win. Minus 760 is like Orlando playing Phoenix or OKC playing Phoenix. Phoenix is going to win that shit. That's these odds right here. 
this fight is kind of like that. I wouldn't bet for Korean Zombie. Actually, I would. So, when the biggest upset in UFC history, um, maybe it's top two. With Amanda Nunes, oh, why am I fucking about to call her a, a Jessica Penny? Well, what did I? Why did I click out here? Uh, yeah, Juliana Penny, Jessica Penny. Who is Jessica Penny? This is a, it's another USC fighter, but it's P E N N E. Jessica Penny. It's another chick. Okay, I knew I wasn't just uh, uh, botching her name. Um, but Juliana Pena, which is, I guess it's the same, probably the same thing, translates to the same thing. Uh, not Juliana and Jessica, but Pena Pena, maybe. Moving on. Uh, she was a plus 800 underdog to beat Amanda Lewis, right? Uh, uh, Amanda Lewis. <laughs> I'm thinking Derek Lewis. <laughs> uh, Amanda Nunes. She was plus 800. And she dominated the fight. Did I have any fucking idea she would win, let alone dominate? Absolutely not. Nobody did. Do I think this has this? Should I bet this just for that? Probably not. Um, I'm being honest with Volkanovski and Korean Zombie. I think Volkanovski is a very, very dominant champion. And, uh, Cat getting up, he's pissing me off. He's walking his way. And I don't think he'd play that. So I won't go in. Um, Ultraman Sterling and Peter Yan. Now, this is very this is very different, right? Because Peter Yan, and, and this is what I was um explaining. Uh, I, I would explain to anybody uh, who does not watch the UFC. If you, any 80s, 90s movie about this Russian Drago. Uh, type character, this Russian, whatever type character, is heel. This guy named uh, Alexander Volkov, and he fights in the UFC, and he's like six six, and he has a huge fucking tattoo on his back, and he's just this giant Russian dude. He's not Drago. This nigga right here, at standing at five seven, fights at one hundred thirty five pounds. This nigga is Draco. And I've seen him lose rounds. I've seen him lose um not I wanna say interactions. Yeah, I I've seen him lose. He's he's been knocked down by Jod Dawson. The first only time he's ever been knocked down. But he's lost exchanges. But as the fight goes on, Pedion becomes the stronger and better fighter when he fought Sanhagen the first one and two rounds was a little bit even not a little bit even they were they were even and then when the third and fourth and fifth came Peter Yan just had a, a pace that I wouldn't say Sanhagen would keep would could couldn't keep up with but there was a definitive amount of pace and fierceness that he threw with his punches. That's why I think uh, another reason why he could have won on top of just outside winning the fight. But 
the amount of aggression and energy that he was throwing in the fourth and fifth round doesn't usually happen. He did this again with, um, I believe, with Jose Aldo. Now, Jermaine Sterling, when he fought Corey Sanhagen, he finished him and choked him unconscious in like 42 seconds. San, Corey Sanhagen is one of the best fighters in the, in the world. Pideon had a five-round war with him. Aljamain Sterling got to him and choked him unconscious in a little under 45 seconds. In the first matchup between Aljamain Sterling and Pideon, Pideon dominated. He dominated on the feet. He dominated the grappling. He dominated the wrestling. I was... There's not many fights. There's not many outcomes that I am just completely shocked at. Holly Holm, Ronda. Um, I wasn't really shocked at uh, Amanda and Ronda. Um, what else about company? Juliana Payne and Amanda Nunes completely shocked. Uh, completely fucking unglued. Everybody in the arena was shocked. And Peter Young beating up Aljamain Sterling like that. And it's not like he was bloody or battered or just, you know, leaking all over the place. He just completely dominated him in parts where it, it was supposed to be an obvious striker versus grappling match. Where if the grappler gets to the striker, it's a problem. You know what I mean? But he dominated that shit. He was throwing him down, sweep, slamming him down like. He's minus 490. Uh, Ultimate Sterling is a plus 360. Ultimate Sterling would not be the underdog I go with. We have three big underdogs in this age. He wouldn't be the underdog that I go with. But if I had to pick a number two, this would be it. Because at this high level of fighting, with how fast. Sterling choked out Sanhagen. He also got knocked out Mirage that quick. It just feels like there's no... I I don't know if I'm going to see that twice. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm going to see Peter Yan just uh, do all that to, to Sterling twice. So that's what he would be my second choice um, for underdog. The choice... For underdog, uh, it's right now, I've seen it close as plus 400. It's plus 385 right now. Is Gilbert Burns versus Hamza Chumayev, right? So, Hamza Chumayev is this, he's like a local, not local legend, but he's, I mean local as far as MMA, he's a gym legend. Um, I saw a video today with Brian Stan. We probably haven't seen Brian Stan in the UFC in like years. It's probably from five years ago, four years ago. And uh, a random lady asked a question, Brian Stan, I believe some other fighters on stage. And she asked of any fighters that they would know of that's not in the UFC, um, but they think deserve to be there. And this was four years ago. And he said, there's a Swedish guy. And he trains with at 170. And he trains with Alexander Gustafsson in Sweden. He said, I think that guy, he's he's won everywhere. I think that guy gets here. He would he'll do great. Now, we've been hearing stories like that about Chamayev. 
we can go back as far as four years now. Alexander Gustafson is a very, very, very big light heavyweight. Remember I told you Volkov, the 6'5", heavyweight, Drogo? Gustafson is the same fucking height as him. But he fights a division smaller. So it's not seen as that way because he fights at 205 instead of 260. Even though Gus fights at that uh, um, division now. So Hamzad has been his legend for a while. And if it's been said that he not only that he dominated or used to beat Gustafson, that says a lot. Because you fight somebody that's 6'5", 230, 240, walking around, 230, and you're a 170-pounder. And Gus said it himself. That's how everybody found it out. So I can I say all that to say I can understand the hype behind that Chimaya. He has he hasn't been hit. He has had full fights. He hasn't even been touched. The one strike he has, and it don't count. It counts, but it don't count. The only strike he's been hit with is when he's on the ground punching a dude. And he's about to go in to finish him. And a dude swung and hit him and touched him. Wasn't even punch. So his hype is real. Gilbert Burns, he's already fought and beat dominant, high-level dudes. This is way different, right? So, like... With Jan and Sterling, they've bought, fought elite competition. And when I say elite, Corey Sanhagen is probably a top four belt bantamweight. These dudes are the top two. Sanhagen is not that far behind. They both fought him with very different results, but they both fought him. Volkanovski and Korean Zombie. Volkanovski fought Max Holloway and beat him twice. Max Holloway, to me, is greatest one of the greatest fighters of all time. He beat him twice. Nobody beats Max Holloway. He beat him twice. Very close decisions. Uh, so close that most people don't even think he won either one of them. But he won them shits. Korean Zombies also fought high-level competition. I don't think that this is an even... Matchup between Volkanovski and, and, and Korean Zombie, you can tell by the minus 760. But there's a reason for them, the two, to be in the ring. They fought at a high level before. Hamzat has never fought anybody in the top 15. Gilbert Burns, let's see. Um, he just beat Wonderboy, who is... And he dominated Wonderboy, who is one of the hardest fights you're going to get in the division. Um, and since moving up to 170, I think he's maybe only lost to Tyron Woodley, right? So Gilbert Burns is one of those dudes that used to make, he used to fight at 155. Um, I believe he was knocked out by Dan Hooker, and he hasn't fought at 155 anymore. Dan Hooker should be fighting at 170. Oh, you know, 165. It's probably too short 
But if Burns can come up, he can probably come up. So he hadn't lost the fight besides the fight to Kamara Usman. Since I say Tyron Woodley earlier, it's Kamara Usman. They all look alike. So let me look at these wins from Gilbert Burns. Now that I'm looking at Gil Burns' wins, maybe, I don't want to say that. Maybe it's a little bit of that COVID Covington effect here. He fought Gunnar Nelson since 2019. He finished Damian Maya. He didn't, he finished Damian Maya in the first round. He beat Tyron Willard up for, Tyron Willard up for five rounds. He dropped Usman, could have KO'd him, and he dominated Wonderboy. He's been in that top competition. So, Gilbert Burns at plus 385 right now. I think if you find it anywhere. Um, I think if you find him as an underdog anywhere, uh, I wouldn't do plus 200 if you see that because that's very disrespectful to you because everywhere I've seen it has been plus like 350 to plus 425. Uh, I will look for the best line. Tisha Torres against McKenzie Dyer is very good too. Um, Tisha Torres is on a good on a win streak, I forgot. But that's very close. Uh, minus one fifteen or minus one hundred five. I wouldn't touch that. Either way, the only thing I would say about that is I would say that it goes to a decision between Mackenzie Darren and Teach Torres. I'm not sure what that bet is. It might be minus two something because they always go to decisions. Um, but that might be the safest bet for them because I wouldn't bet who's actually going to win because I have no idea. Um, I have no idea with all these fights, but the betting lines kind of let you know. What the public thinks. I would say that Gilbert Burns at plus 400, wherever you find him, at plus 400, a very big thing. Look, to kind of give, to hit a home run, typically it's like plus 300 to plus 600, just kind of depending on who he is. Mike Trout to hit a home run, depending on the stadium. If it's not like um, in Colorado, it's probably like plus 300, plus 200, plus 400, things like that. So hitting a home run is the kind of odds this is for Gilbert Burns to win. And that's really tough. So out of the top three UFC bouts, I would say Gilbert Burns, Aljamain Sterling, and Korean Zombie would be my one through three as far as which you should bet if you want to be, if you want to bet on the underdog, I'll be extremely surprised if Volkanovski loses. I'll be kind of surprised if Jan loses. And Gilbert Burns and Chamayev. It's a little numbing to see that somebody who's never fought anybody can be so hyped up to where. They are this much of a favorite over a dominant top two guy, top two, top three guy. 
very bewildering. It's kind of like the, I would say it's very much like, um, you know, like I said, I don't know much, you know, uh, ABA y'all watch. This is like Suns, not Suns. If you said who's, if you gave me a Memphis Bucks lineup or a Memphis um, 76 or something like that, that's what this time, but, you know, I have no idea who's going to win type of thing. Uh, but Gil Burns, he just fought against too many top-level dudes um, for me to accept plus 400. Uh, Hamza Chimaev is going to have to, he's going to have to snatch the money out of my hand. Because five, minus 525, it makes no sense even betting for that. So, um, actually, let's spice it up a little bit. Let me go to Bavada before we end this. I'm going to show y'all in Bovada. And I think um, Bovada is a pretty, uh, I guess, somewhat normal sports book as far as stats is concerned. And I'm going to find Gilbert Burns by submission. And that's what I'm going to bet on. Let's see. Okay. Gilbert Burns by submission is plus 1,400. Gilbert Burns is probably in this division, not probably, in this division, he's the best jujitsu practitioner. There's no other jujitsu practitioner who has won more. I ain't thinking the UFC, let alone the division. If it gets taken down to the ground, which is Hamza Chimaev's specialty, that could happen. Also, Gilbert Burns by TKO, KO, or disqualification, they all count together, is plus 1,200. Um, I think any one of those bets, or both of them, got $50. How much is, let me see, plus 1,200. Let's see if you bet $25. Plus fourteen hundred. I'm a bet. That's this is gonna be my bet. Bet twenty five dollars for plus fourteen hundred. That's three hundred and fifty dollars for Gilbert Burns submission. Bet twenty five dollars plus twelve hundred. That's three hundred dollars for Gilbert Burns TKO. If he lose, I lose fifty dollars. If he wins and it's not a decision, I win either three hundred and three hundred fifty dollars. So to end the pod, thank y'all for listening. Gilbert Burns by TKO and by submission. You can't parlay these things, unfortunately, um, because you can't fucking do two things at the same time. But to win $350 or to win $300 by betting $25 on each one of those, um, I think it's a good bet. So thank y'all for listening. Uh, Hope y'all make some money this weekend. Uh, We're going to talk later this week, and we're going to discuss even more about the UFC card. And we also going to talk even more about baseball coming up. And I want to talk to you all about some, some, maybe some MLB strategies. We're going to talk about some MLB teams, who's strong, who's good. Uh, getting into it last year is just really good, really fun, really refreshing to experience uh, a, a sport from just a purely fan point of view. So that's why I had even more fun playing baseball. You know, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't watch football at all anymore, but the Carolina Panthers was my team when I was a kid. I literally picked this team out of a a, a random grocery store team 
uh, grocery, uh, grocery store machine. I, that's how I picked the Carolina Panthers. It was Jacksonville, Carolina. I was in a swagman. Anybody, um, I don't know what swagman at besides Louisiana. Anybody in Louisiana know what I mean when I say swagman? You know what I mean when I say swagman. We was in a swagman. We was in Chalmette. We was at the machine. And my cousin, old cousin right then, I said, what is these teams? Because I didn't have a team. I didn't like the Saints. I didn't want to be a Saints fan because everybody was already a Saints fan. And the Saints sucked in the 90s. This is like 94. I remember it very early. The Saints sucked. The Dome Patrol wasn't doing nothing for me. Even though uh, I've always been a defensive guy. I fuck with Sam Mills. I fuck with Ricky Jackson. I fuck with uh, uh, Pat Swilling. Those was, was my dudes as far as defensive legends is concerned. I, but I, I never could be a Saints fan because they just always lost. They, they was trash. So I knew then as a child, I couldn't jump in on a fucking losing team, even though I try to rationale like these days. Um, you can't jump in on a losing team. So I would rather have a fair shake. And that's what became my Carolina Panthers. So that burden, that hunch was sitting on me for years and years. It's off now. We don't want football. Basketball, same thing. Hornets, Pelicans. It. So for baseball, I have a very clear view, very clear perspective. We're going to discuss a whole lot more of that shit and more gambling. I'm I'm going through all these sites, and we're going to look for, because with home run props, I'm going to tell you what. One thing I wasn't letting y'all know, the home run props I was cashing out on, they were pretty crazy last year. Plus 300, plus 400. A lot of these shitty arenas, these shitty pitches, the odds are pretty good. We're going to discuss that more. Thank y'all for listening. Episode question mark, question mark, question mark. Holler.